AOW 16, Thaw 5. It was a particularly frigid evening that a young Gildebrand Milani vouched for his independence. Encountering a free-thinking swashbuckler down in the valley below filled the young Feiri with a wanderlust he hadn't realized burrowed its way so deeply inside him. He now stood inside his childhood home, face to face with his mother, an implacably benevolent expression on her face. Absolutely not. Imelda almost chuckled. Gil had requested leave to go beyond the borders of Starostrum and set sail into the open sea, and she couldn't help but to betray a mild incredulity. Her furrowed brow was barely noticeable, but as far as Gil was concerned, she may as well have been screaming. Nah, Mom. What are you so worried about? I just want to chill and meet new people, why not? During his extensive pitch on the merits of maritime adventuredom, Imelda Brody had been lazily stirring the contents of her favorite teacup, the one with the dancing terriers along its side. She finally seemed to become aware of this, and she gently tapped her spoon along the brim and set the drink aside. She looked down at him from where she perched. Well, what does your father think? Surely you brought this up to him. It's not as if you live here any longer. Gah. Gil fiddled sheepishly with the curl of his goatee. He seemed... bummed? He kept bringing up how upset the Gia would be if I left. Gisela. Few people knew the eldest sibling of Orvo Milani quite like her. No one else knew that Gil and his half-sister had already spoken endlessly about leaving the confines of their daily lot, and she had always been supportive. Nobody gave her enough credit, but Gil trusted she could take care of herself. A damn sight better than he could, that's for sure. Imelda scoffed at the mention of her name and smirked. Indeed, she is still very young, from what I understand. Do you really trust your brothers to take care of things at home? Let alone your father. Why do you even care, Mom? Gil was just as surprised as anyone he'd snapped back at his mother. He stared down at his hooves as they scraped uncomfortably on the kitchen's old limestone tile for what seemed like an eternity. He could feel Imelda's burning gaze piercing through him beneath that thinly veiled artifice that was her sun hat. All air seemed to have left the room, and inky shadows began to crawl up the walls from all sides. This was not good. He had seen this display only once before, when he was very young, back when the ants still lived together under the same roof. Gil's mother casually reached within the folds of her gown, resting a long leaf on a smoking stick from some hidden compartment, then produced a stagnant flame from her slender blue fingertips. Continuing in silence, she drew long and slowly from the device, never turning her amber eyes away from her shrinking son. Gil heard a voice from within himself. It was his buddy Rolf chastising him once again, saying things like, You're no good at this, or I don't think you're quite cut out for being a Mark Lord, or Please stop bothering me, your voice is annoying. These were common statements when they'd both been on the clock. He pictured the big lug leaning against his gargantuan stone maul, the one that Gil could scarcely lift, and just frowning at him with disapproval. Yet, even now, Gil could hear him saying, You've come this far. Don't be a chicken shit. 
Seeming to always know where her son's mind would wander, Imelda chimed in. And what of your work responsibilities? You have a very important job, sweetheart. Why, so few are chosen for such a monumental- Ma! Gil swallowed the gigantic toad in his throat and met the woman's gaze. It's just not for me. I want something more than this. You have no idea what I had to do for Pitt to get that blasted posting, she bristled. The walls of the kitchen suddenly seemed to slowly pulsate around them. But Gil would not back down this time. He was no chicken shit. He stepped closer to his mother from across their big kitchen table and placed his hands gently on their checkered tablecloth. What do you want me to do, Ma? Beg? I'm a grown-ass... I'm a grown man. I should be able to make my own choices, right? No. I can't allow it. She broke her gaze, glancing out the big window she smoked by and shaking her head. You're simply too important. I need you near. For what? The shadows coalescing around Gil retreated as he shouted within the confines of the room. Imelda stood ponderously out of her chair, looming several feet above her son. She seemed to grow taller by the second. It is none of your concern. Your existence demands care, Gildebrand, and you are young. Young and careless. You unceremoniously accept the creature comforts afforded you, yet cling to some vainglorious notion that you're somehow beyond fate itself. Imelda slowly glided across the tile to her son, who found himself backing up despite his attempt at defiance. You exist because of me, she continued as a hundred voices accompanied her in unison. Everything good and unique about you is because of me. Yes, it is true that you are meant for greater things, because I will it so. But you are not ready, Gildebrand. Agree to disagree. Gil winked at his mother, yet she would not be waylaid by charm. So, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> Look, I don't want to go away forever. I can always come back if you, like, need me or whatever. And what will you do then? Each word snapped like a frozen branch under heavy snow. Gallivant around like some common rabble? You sure the blood of Ancients, you small fool. You are better than them all. Ouch, Mom. You really know how to make a guy feel loved. Gil was growing tired of this. She was using every tactic in her malicious playbook to try and bully him into staying. It was only becoming more and more obvious. Imelda drew one more card from her deck of tricks. A lone tear escaped from her right eye and streamed slowly down her cheek. Gil had never once seen a Brody woman cry, and it stopped him in his tracks. He glanced around the room uncertainly and, with sickening dread, realized that the exits had been covered. Dark, fleshy walls encased them, breathing and groaning with a vile, eldritch threat. Any hope he had of escaping was gone. Gilly, sweetheart! Imelda wailed, her body shrinking down several feet as she swept up before him. You can't leave me. Please, you know that I have been unwell. You wouldn't abandon me now, would you? 
Not while I'm so weak. Gil knew she wasn't lying. Ever since the townsfolk made that pact and attempted that uprising, his mother had been much slower getting around. She was also more reclusive and icy whenever he stopped to visit, and far more prone to outbursts. The magic that trapped her here within the Brody Manor had been quite powerful, maybe even divine. Now, Lonesome Bluff could not have been more lonesome, and the once bustling town of Eldercross stood vacant and still. Seeing his mother cry triggered his own tears, which welled in his eyes. But there was nothing for it. He had to stand up for himself. He was just so restless, so rudderless, so empty. You can't keep hanging that over me. I didn't ask for any of this. You made your own bed, Ma. Stop asking me to be your lifeline. You want to talk about the fate? Let's talk about it. Gil dragged an old wooden chair from the opposite side of the kitchen table to the middle of the room. Awkwardly, he climbed atop it to meet his mother's gaze more closely. I had a small run-in with adventure. I got a taste of the wide world out there, and I can't ignore the flavor, man. Who's to say that fate wasn't a part of that? I don't know. I don't think you do either. Oh, you went on a joyride and threw up in the ocean. Imelda could sense that she was losing this battle. She was stubborn, but not as much as Gil could be. I'm going to do it, he thought to himself. A strange sense of pride blossomed within him, tempering his courage, and he regained some of the boldness he'd lost earlier to continue. I may be super important to you someday or whatever, I accept that. If the time comes that you actually need me, then I'll be here. You have my word. He placed a gloved hand on his mother's shoulder. She slapped it away brusquely and sneered. Your word? You do not but cajole and deceive. Yeah, well, I learned it from the best. Gil turned away. The macabre grotesquerie encasing the room had grown. It now closed all about them, leaving little more than five feet of free space on each side. The flesh walls were thin, wet membranes that housed swollen channels and blistered veins just beneath its surface. The organ prison continued to gurgle and writhe as mother and son reached a standoff. You're a real smartass, you know that? Imelda's tears were gone an unnervingly tall grin painted her face now. That I got from Dad. Gil had witnessed Imelda's shape-shifting before. Witnessed, but had never spoken of. He knew all of the Brody women could do it, and always assumed that one day he could as well. No luck so far, but he didn't need it. There were other things he could do. Gil scrunched his nose and began to concentrate. What are you doing? doing? Gil's mother demanded quizzically. Are you trying to out-magic me? Gil grunted as a sharp stab tapped into his mind. Maybe. Uh, if I have to. Imelda would never acknowledge it, but both of them could read the room. Something was different. The walls had changed, and the room didn't feel so claustrophobic as it had moments ago. You don't know what's out there, sweetling. What awaits you? 
She pleaded one last time, but could sense that victory was his. You're right, Ma. I don't. But don't I owe it to myself to go find out? He offered his mother a loving smile, but she rolled her eyes in response. All at once, she seemed to realize something. Oh, stars, fine. You have my leave to breach the veil. You are insufferable. Imelda stormed back to her window perch and yanked her teacup off its doily, scalding her hand in the process. She didn't even wince. Gil was stunned. That had almost seemed... He had somehow won this back and forth, but it had been much, much too easy. Honestly, he'd expected a long and heated battle, perhaps an all-out war, maybe even grounding. His mind felt numb. Could she even trap him anymore? Wait, really? Just like that? A sudden hesitation gave him pause. Amelda, coy as ever, looked up from her drink. Just like that. You're right, Gildebrand. I lack the power, currently, as to make you stay. If you are so dead set on these monkey shines, well, I am ill-equipped to stop you. Yeah! Gil was about to do a victory lap, but thought better of it. Something about the innocence of his mother's voice was concerning. Know this. Her voice had fallen to a hush, and he was forced to lean closer to fully hear her. You deign to defy forces you do not understand, child. Forces you may never understand. The nearer you are to home, the stronger you shall be. I sense that you are going to find yourself worlds away. You haven't the slightest idea of the dangers ahead, you sweet little fool. She leaned forward and placed a gentle hand on his right cheek. That's why I'm coming with you. Wait, what? Gil started, but he was interrupted as he found himself wrenched upward, hoisted into the cramped air of the kitchen. From this high up, he could see the places on the ceiling that were weather-worn and where the paint had started flaking away. Also, the remains of the dry-encrusted orange splatter from the time he'd drunkenly stumbled over his own scabbard while hurriedly carrying a hot bowl of soup. Fleshy arms appeared all around him, emerging from the meat wall to restrain him, rotating his body downward and affixing him in place. Gil suddenly found himself inches from his mother's unflinching, upturned gaze. But now she wore a different face. Her usual lovely, inviting visage was a wretched, twisted horror that leered at him behind a hooked nose and crooked teeth. Do you really think I'd let you leave without consequence? Her voice was a raw, alien cackle. You're mine, Gildebrand. I must needs protect my investment. Where you go, there go I. Where you lose heart, mine will fill the void with drums of war. Where you are always blind, I will be the one to see. When you sleep, when you hurt, when you find joy, you will find my shroud. A cowl around you, guiding you, protecting you, watching you. Every skulking shadow, every suspect gaze, every passing reflection. Know 
that it is me, your darling, doting mother. And just like that, she winced sharply and turned out of sight. Though Gil couldn't see her, he could hear as a low chortling rose from her chest and set his teeth on edge. Was she laughing? Ice filled his veins as her hissing, broken mirth continued, filling what seemed like the whole house with its unsettling sound. A few moments passed before the beast, his mother, leaned back into view. Gil had to catch himself not to gasp. Imelda Brody gazed lovingly at her son with a lone left eye, her right socket empty and festering, torn from its root and oozing angrily down her cheek. A memory invaded his mind then. Gil remembered the townsfolk of Elder Cross once more. During the uprising, he recalled that some of their most ardent and zealously loyal supporters had offered each sister of House Brody one of their own eyes so that the women might somehow keep ever-watchful observance on the areas around them, their domain. A sinking understanding began to pull at Gildebrand Milani. He struggled against his restraints, but the tendrils of the wall only tightened in response. There was nothing for it. Well, shit he thought to himself. Between sharp, wheezing cackles, the creature before him raised long, crude, clawed fingers up to the right side of his face. <laughs> and now we shall never be apart, sweetling. Just do as I say, and Mummy will always protect you. I love you so much, my boy. I love you too, Ma, Gil relented. And then he began to scream. <laughs> 